you're here to make a difference, it's our job to help you do that. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast that helps you to build a thriving coaching company by becoming a thriving, impactful CEO. We do that through the Impact Formula methodology. And what this means is that you're going to be selling out your offers, scaling beyond one-on-one into group programs, and leveraging a team so that you can exponentially increase your income and slash your work week. It's time to experience the true income, impact, and freedom you deserve. Welcome back. We're going to be talking about the different types of objections that you may run into in your sales process and what are some of the things underneath it so that you can overcome the actual objection appropriately and move forward with closing sales. And if you want to increase your sales, if you want to get to that six figure mark, especially with high ticket, you're going to want to really master your sales process and understand what is behind each of the objections that you're hearing when people are not quite ready to join your program. So whenever you are in the sales process and somebody is interested in buying from you, maybe they've had some conversations with you, but you haven't actually gotten them to the point where they're saying yes, instead of feeling defeat, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to close sales. Oh my gosh, high ticket is hard. Or, oh my gosh, I can't get my coaching business off the ground. Where am I going to get clients? Right. Instead of all of that, let's take a look at the conversations and the people that you've already spoken with and what are the actual objections and then going back and working with that individual to have a mutually beneficial conversation that will help them get closer to their goals, right? That's what you're there to provide coaching for and also help you to, you know, grow your business. So it is going to create win-win situations. Let's dig into those different types of objections and what they really mean underneath. So the first one is I can't afford it. If you've ever tried to sell anything to anyone, you have heard this objection before. And what really is underneath this objection is I don't see the value in this in my life right now. Okay. And so our job as the person who is having this conversation with the person and trying to get them to move forward with those goals is to show them what is the value of the work that we provide, right? So in your coaching, what is the value and what is that worth to them in their life? How will that make their life different? How will that make their life better? And really showing them that their life will be exponentially better when they decide and commit to working with you on this problem, getting to that solution and what that would really look like for them. The second one is I don't have time or now is not the right time. Either of those is really around the same core issue. And that same core issue is I have a mile long to-do list of a hundred things right now. This problem is very low on my to-do list compared to other things I have going on. And so our job as the coach, as the person that is going to help them with something that they came to a phone call to get solved. They want a solution to this problem. Otherwise, why would they have shown interest in what you're doing, 
trying to get help from you, right? What is the point of all of that? It's because it actually matters to them. And sometimes the reason people aren't prioritizing those things in their life is because of underlying fears, underlying limiting beliefs. There's a million reasons, right? That somebody may be putting something lower on their to-do list than is actually aligned with who they truly are. And again, this is why I love working through objections, especially with coaches, because this is going to jumpstart your coaching relationship. This is how you are going to help them get even closer to their goals because they are able to have this conversation with you and start actually committing to the goals that they set out for themselves. So how can you get this item on their to-do list? Let's say you're a health coach, right? And they're like, yeah, but I'm moving next week and I have this and I, you know, I have my job and I have projects over here and my kids are, you know, ending school, right? Their health goals may become lower and lower on that list, right? So your job becomes showing them how either can their health goals fit with the other goals that they have or is prioritizing themselves first going to be the big domino that's going to help the rest of the things, right? That is your job as the coach to show them how this is actually way higher priority for you than you are letting on. And that's why you're having this incongruence. And most of the time that is actually the case, right? They're there because they have this incongruence. If they're not, then maybe that is an opportunity to be like, you know what, this is not an ideal client, right? If they're just going to be making excuses, this is also the place where you get to like sniff that out and cut them now before you're in a coaching relationship with somebody who is completely unmotivated or unwilling to change. And so that distinction is very important and a very awesome opportunity with this objection specifically. Okay. Number three it won't work for me because. So I get this all the time in business coaching, and I'm going to give you some examples just so that you understand how the mind really starts to work and then how I kind of do some reframes around it. A lot of times this is coming from all limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs about what's possible for somebody, what they can and can achieve in different situations and circumstances. But the reality is beliefs are just ideas, thoughts that we're having, and we can't believe everything our brain thinks, right? One that I hear often is I can't build a six-figure business because I have kids. Okay. So in that scenario, the person is giving the responsibility of growing their business, AKA the CEO role to their children. Is that an appropriate designation of that? No. And this may trigger some of you, you might hate me now and turn this off and that's okay. But when we see that, right. And again, this is why that coaching relationship starts during the process of the sales process, that coaching relationship begins, because if that's a limiting belief, their children aren't going anywhere, right? Like we need to help them to get their power back and put the CEO role and the responsibility of growing a business back on themselves instead of blaming the children, right? As an example. Now, there are also other factors, right? Sometimes people with children are saying, I can't grow a six-figure business because they're comparing themselves to Sally who has no children and grew her six-figure business in two months, right? That's completely a different situation, right? And so that conversation allows you, that conversation about their actual objection, right? If I just took, this won't work for me because as an answer, like, yep, you're right. 
right? That doesn't help anybody, right? But if we get to the root, okay, well, why do you think you can't? Oh, I can't because I have children. Okay. Then we can work with that, right? Well, what is it about having children or not having children that would help you or hurt you in this situation? And when you dig into it, it starts to reveal itself to you. Again, back to that example, right? If the issue is actually just more of a comparison thing, not thinking that, you know, their kids are like actually preventing them, but they're actually just comparing themselves to somebody else. Then in that case, we need to work on that, right? How does it benefit you to compare yourself to people? Is it accurate, right? All of that is the beginning of the work of the coaching relationship that you're going to have to work through anyways. And so you might as well work through this early on and make sure they are fully committed to coaching when you are in that sales process. Okay. Other examples, right? Maybe they're saying, okay, well, I'm in such and such industry, right? I always get all the time, but I'm not in a business industry or I'm not in like a money-making industry. Can I make this work? And I always, you know, in this situation, I will cite examples, right? Like I've worked with parenting coaches and with biologists and with people in all different niches, right? In conflict, in all niches that have nothing to do with making money. And again, going back to that one about value, showing value is a lot more than just saying like, my program is this, you're going to make that. That's not showing value. There are different ways to show value besides like money in, money out. Like that is not the only way to show value. And in fact, I think that's actually pretty lazy marketing. Instead, you want to show the totality of the value of your program. All right. Again, all of these things are things that will come out in your sales conversation with the person. And the beautiful thing about that is you can start to work on the actual problem, which in this case, if they think it won't work for me, because the problem is the limiting belief. I'm not saying that you're going to coach them. I'm saying you work on the belief that is preventing them from committing to the result that they want. Okay. And then the last one is I have to ask my significant other. This is another one of those most common belief objections that we hear in the sales process. And what this is actually saying is I need validation to feel safe here. Okay. Most of the time. Now, sometimes if you're asking them questions, you'll find out that they're blaming, basically the blaming thing, but like they're basically giving the power to that significant other. And again, that would go back to, you know, do they see the value? Is this high enough in their priority list? And are there any limiting beliefs, right? We would have to kick that back and make sure that what they're actually seeking, right? Ask clarifying questions. If you get this, live this objection, right? I need to ask my significant other. Okay. Ask clarifying questions. What is it that you need to talk to them about? Why, you know, how would this be helpful? What is your relationship like with them? How do you think they will react, right? What are your concerns? Where are you feeling really confident about this? Where are you not feeling really confident about this, right? Because all of that is going to show you what their actual problem is. And if you've gone through it and it's not actually, I can't afford it. It's not that this isn't high enough on my priority list and it's not a limiting belief, right? Then most often it is, I need validation that I'm making the right choice. 
Okay. And it, you can take this either way, right? Like you can allow them to get that validation. You can give them some validation yourself, but I think the most powerful thing you can do is remind them that they can get and create their own validation for themselves. Again, that's you starting that coaching process, which coaching is all about empowering people and helping people to live their best life and to be decisive and make decisions for themselves and really create change. Again, depending on your time constraints, your conversation, your relationship, like there's a lot of dependence there, but you could also start to show them that they can actually seek validation from themselves if that is really the true need underneath, okay? Overall, in summary of these four points, so I can't afford it means I don't see the value in this investment. If they're saying, I don't have time for this or now is not right time, what they're really saying is, I have a hundred things on my to-do list and this is a lower priority than other things that are higher priority. If they're saying this won't work for me because they're really just showing you the limiting beliefs that they have and it's an opportunity to work through them. And if they're saying, I need to speak to my significant other, it's one of two things. It's a cover-up for one of the other three prior objections or it is them actually saying, I need validation and you can address it. So overall, I hope that the big picture takeaway from this is when you hear an objection, it is an opportunity to begin a proper coaching relationship with this person. It is not mean it does like hearing an objection does not mean by any way, shape or form that they're not going to buy, that they're not interested, that this is not going well for your business. It means none of that. Instead, what it is, is an opportunity for you to help them commit to the goal that they have and to commit to moving along and making progress in that goal in the coaching relationship with you. And how you handle these objections is going to allow you to create a really solid coaching relationship from the get-go. In addition, you always have the opportunity to release the client if you feel it is not a fit based on their objections, based on your conversations with them and how it's going in that situation. For those of you who want to take your business to the 100K plus mark, make sure that you join our free training, five steps to build a $100,000 plus coaching business in part-time hours. This training is going to walk you step-by-step step through what to do in order to grow your business, what the different parts are to get it going, to make sure you're hitting those numbers, to sell your programs. Go to impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash training to get started today. And you can start watching that training instantly. I'll see you on the other side. Get daily mindset strategy and support to grow your business for free. Join our community, the Coaching for Impact community on Facebook. Just go to impactdrivenentrepreneur.com slash community to join.